0: Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, A Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, April 22nd, 2020. Today we are reading from the big book, chapter 11 and we're on page 152, the second paragraph. Yes, there is a substitute. Today's readers are, for the 12 steps, Terry H. 12 traditions, Maura Z. And reading the text are Kim G, Leon B, and Nancy P as our backup. The reference numbers for Tuesday, April twenty first, twenty twenty, are for the seven a.m. fourteen thousand four hundred seventy seven. That's one four four seven seven. And for the ten a.m. are fourteen thousand four hundred seventy eight. That's one four four seven eight. OA preamble. from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps, the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Terry H. to read the 12
1: steps.
2: Star one, Terry. Good morning, this is Terry H. from Sola, Florida. Yeah, I have a problem with a mutant. Um, I'm a grateful recovered compulsive overeater. the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory. And when we were wrong, we promptly admitted it. Eleven, we sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Thank you for letting me do a service today, and with that, I pass.
3: Thank you,
0: Terry. I will now ask Maura Z to read the 12 traditions.
4: Good morning, Maura Z, recovering in Virginia. 12 traditions of O is Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are trusted are but trusted servants, they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. four. Each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. six television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. I pass.
0: Thank you, Maura. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 152, the second paragraph. I will ask Kim G to begin
5: reading. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G. Yes, there is a substitute, and it is vastly more than that. It is the fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous. There you will find release from care, boredom, and worry. Your imagination will be fired. Life will mean something at last. The most satisfactory years of your existence lie ahead. Thus you will find a fellowship, and so will, thus we find the fellowship, and so will you. Let me set my timer. So, you know, this, this sentence here, there you will find release from care, boredom, and worry. That's not the first time we see that sentence in this chapter. If we go back to the first page, it's letting us know for most normal folks, that first sentence in 151, for most normal folks, drinking means conviviality, companionship, colorful imagination. It means release from care, boredom, and worry. It reminds me of the doctor's opinion where it says we see people drink with immunity. I have to fully concede that I can't get a release from care, boredom, and worry in the food. I have to find that somewhere else. And that's why the doctor's opinion is so important. Do I fully conceive that I'm someone that can't do that? Do I have the allergy of the body, which means I, when I put certain substances in my body, I cannot reasonably predict what's going to happen? Do I have the mental twist that tells me it's always okay to go back to those foods that I'm allergic to? That's what powerless means. So where do I find that relief? I would find it in a way, but I want to give you a warning. What they're saying or what I, the way I see it is that the fellowship gives you a relief. It gives me relief. I had relief many times in OA. But since I didn't do the steps, I never found freedom because the freedom is promised in the steps in a relationship with power. You know, William James, who wrote this book, is the only book that's mentioned in the big book, talks about a spiritual experience having two qualities. The first one is tragedy. I get that. Nobody comes into a 12-step program because they're having a good day. But the second one is that it's transitory, that it's, 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 it's fleeting. To me, that's the true meaning of a daily reprieve. You know, and I'm seeing that during this time of the pandemic when so many of us are out of our routines, we can't go to our face-to-face meeting. You know, um, I see so many people doing the Zoom meetings and stuff. Just as a reminder that the big book tells us, where do we get this daily reprieve? We get it after we've had a spiritual awakening. We have this daily reprieve from the mental twist. I think what's happened over the years in all 12-step programs is the fellowship has has watered that down to one day at a time, the daily reprieve, one day at a time, not eating. And that's a painful way to live. So I see these people spending all this time on Zoom meetings, eight hours a day, eight hours a day, eight hours a day. So the question I want you guys to ask yourself for this release from care, boredom, and worry, do you just want a release? the Fellowship will give you that. But if you want freedom, if you want freedom, That you'll only get from doing the steps and having a relationship with power. So I implore you this morning, don't settle for just this release in the fellowship. I ask you and I implore you to do what I did nine years ago, which is dig into these steps and find freedom, which I have had for the last nine years. And with that, I pass. Okay, Okay. thank you so much, Kim. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you
0: say just the last bit. Um, okay, so here we are on page 152, the second paragraph. Um, so, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience. So, who would like to share on this paragraph? Kenny hey, from Boston, Melissa, Katie G, um,
5: Nancy
6: J from Illinois, Elizabeth D. Okay, hold on.
5: Please
0: hold on one second. I'm just um, having a hard time getting my pen going. Um, okay, I have Tina S., Katie G., Nancy J., Reva P. I know I missed someone. If I missed you, please Mo- tell me your name. Melissa P. C. <laughs> Teresa C. Okay, that's e. right there. Craig S., Penny F. E., Elizabeth Penny. D. Okay. Okay, I I said to please stop, okay. And now I missed the one after Pete B was, okay. I have Tina S, Katie G, Nancy J, Reva P, Melissa C, Pete B, Penny E, Craig F, and Elizabeth D. And if you said your name, I think I missed someone after Pete B. Teresa P. Teresa P, that's what it was. Thank you so much. Okay, so that's quite the lineup we have going. So please go, Tina S., followed by Katie
7: G. Thanks so much, Katie, for your service. Tina S., Recovered Compulsive Eater Anorexic in Florida. Uh, and thanks, Kim. Uh, what a great lead. Uh, you know, one of the things that I also like to talk about in, in this paragraph, that there is a substitute for sure, and it's vastly more than that. And, and it talks about the fellowship, which is not the program of alcoholics, non- which I have Alcoholics Anonymous, that is, the 12 steps. But what I do know is I cannot do this thing on my own. And so once I got involved in the fellowship to see that other people were doing the deal and they were getting recovered, and how they were doing that was through working the 12 steps and having a transformation what comes about. And I also love that it was talked about, we get released from care, boredom, and worry, but the freedom comes through the transformation in the 12 steps. And, And it says, the most satisfactory years of your existence lie ahead. You know, and that, you know, Uh, that has happened for me you know i am able to be of service today in in a capacity in a way that i never ever dreamed of nor did i ever want you know to be of service to anybody but to myself but i have that opportunity today in circum in in present circumstances and in others you know in in a way you know i also I, i attend many meetings on on zoom and I love it, love it, love it, because I see the, the people in my life that who have given me hope, who have shared their experience, strength, and hope. And so I do that for others. And, and, my, and the light comes on for me when I see newcomers come to the Zoom meetings, even though they're not face-to-face, but they need the help that we can offer. And, you know, by being the fellowship and then giving the solution, which is the 12 steps in the program of Alcoholics Anonymous or Readers Anonymous, where we get the freedom. And uh, this is some great stuff to so- i'm really looking forward to hear what everybody has to share and with that i pass thank
0: you tina and now we'll have katie g followed by nancy j hey
8: KDF, katie g recovered compulsive overeater anorexic and bulimic and you know if i could just take people and shove them into my body and feel better about myself then the fellowship would be great and i don't know about you but i came in here and i was like all right I'm going to be popular I'm gonna go to the head of the class of OA and uh, y'all are gonna be my best friends and if you don't do what I want when I want you to you know get lost and I have to tell you that for me I don't I don't speak out friends today guys in this in these rooms I love you and you are my spiritual brothers and sisters but that's not what I'm putting first today that's not what this is about I'm gonna die from this illness okay and so What I find is that when I am unified on the principles of having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, what is my primary purpose? It is to help others and to practice these principles in all our affairs. So, for example, yesterday was a hard day for the family, right? And I had a step 10. Couldn't find anyone. I asked God to remove it. Wasn't going anywhere. And one minute at a time, I was taking calls. I was helping others. I was talking to women about them. I was getting off the focus of KDG right and then ultimately somehow the recovered sisters that I love found me and they didn't say hey KG great job right they said no you got to go to God your value and worth doesn't come from your husband and you know what happened by 5 p.m. when two years ago I would have been a screaming lunatic nothing happened and there was peace because we are united on a common solution right we can all go to each other and be BFFs on the common problem it's great it feels good but it doesn't last. I've been in the rooms for 16 years, it doesn't last. And I was profoundly struck by an AA recovered man who said recently that we are leaving 12-step recovery rooms one judgment at a time. Think about that. When you're on your meeting, when you're doing your Zoom, when you're talking to your sponsor or your sponsees, what is disconnecting you from God? I don't know about you, but for me, it's my judgment. Overeaters Anonymous has saved my life, and I have no right to say, I know what's best for you, you do or do not deserve a room here, it's your turn to share, it's not your turn to share, right? Like, I can get caught up in all of that, but if I do, let me tell you, the women and men who surround me are going to be cut off from me, and I'm going to be cut off from God, and I'm going to go back to the food, you know and I I love our fellowship this this room all of you have saved my life and continue as a fellowship because we're bound in these common solutions and I almost didn't go to the conference because of my judgment because of my fear that y'all wouldn't accept me for where I was in my life with the things that were going on but I got out of me I showed up and I was rewarded beyond measure so this fellowship is profound and amazing and incredible because God shows up with us and through us when we work these steps and we're bound together on a common
0: solution. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie. Oops, sorry.
6: My timer won't stop. Okay.
0: Now it's Nancy J. followed by Reba P.
6: Hello. Good morning. I am Nancy J. from Geneva, Illinois. And thank you, Katie, and everyone who shared before me. Uh, Okay. I love, I love this paragraph. I I just love it. I, this paragraph actually brought tears to my eyes. When I, when I read the big book back uh, five years ago, when I was 69 years old, I was almost 70. And I had spent an adult lifetime of dealing with this terrible disease. And at that time I was 272 pounds and I just thought to myself, gee, at almost 70 years of age, can I lose all that weight and give up this food that I love and I'm getting older, I've got high blood pressure, I've got different medical issues. And I just felt discouraged at that stage of my life, looking at 70, having to develop my life with this program. How can that, How? what will that be like? And looking at that, when I came to this paragraph, I felt like the big book was talking directly to me. And I, like I say, it brought tears to my eyes. And especially when it said, the most satisfactory years of your existence lie ahead. I just felt like, wow, you mean at almost 70, the best years of my life are going to be ahead of me. And it it felt so, pers- this promise felt so personal. And it it was so touching to me. And the other thing about this particular paragraph and this particular promise, it doesn't say you're going to be happy. It says you're going to have satisfactory years. Well, what's the difference? It's that life will mean something at last. You're going to have tremendous purpose life and life and and meaning to your life. and And I think that that is so reassuring to somebody when they're looking at at the the last decades of their life that their life is going to be meaningful and that this this recovery this fellowship is going to give us the best so it's it's going to be the best decades of your life that's the way I took that and I have found that to be true it's been just wonderful being in this fellowship it's wonderful being in this fellowship right now with self-quarantining and being at home and working from home and being on Zoom meetings. It's been glorious, it's been wonderful, all because of this fellowship. And so I take this paragraph as the ultimate promises. And with that, I pass. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much, Nancy. Okay,
0: now we'll have Reba P followed by Melissa C.
9: Good morning, this is Reva P., Grateful, Recovered, Compulsive Overeater in Toronto. So the answer is yes. And what was the question? Have you a sufficient substitute? And when I think of the word sufficient, sufficient means enough. It was never enough. There was never enough food. I never did enough. I never had enough. In the disease, it was just a bottomless, pit, no satisfaction. It was totally the opposite. When I look at page 151, I was searching for release from care, boredom, worry, searching for satisfaction, filling up, never got got it. Um, So this reminds me, when I put down the food and work the steps, the food is enough. I walk away from the table and I've had enough. And when I start integrating the principles in all my affairs in my life. I have enough. I'm doing enough. And that is such a miracle. And substitute, I didn't know there was an alternative. I thought this was the only way I could cope. This was the only way I could try to fill my God-shaped hole. And thank you, God, there is an alternative. And I love how, yes, I find the solution in the fellowship, but it's not the solution. The solution is the steps. But I got to come here to find it. Um, and I love this business of my imagination. My thinking is fired out, gone. Old thinking is what got got me further and further in the disease. And for life to have meaning, you know, for me in the disease, no matter what I did, I was chasing an effect, not just with food, but with anything—relationships, accomplishments. Material things, it didn't mean anything. It never filled. It was never enough. And things at last, it means something. And the smallest things, I heard um, somebody share, you know, when it comes to a virus, it's a tiny thing. Small things matter. Somebody reaching out to me. Somebody um, helping me through a 10th step. Small things matter. And it's a lot of meaning for um the things that I do. Um so yeah, the most satisfactory years. I just find this so positive. Like yes, there is another way um and here's the way to do it. And uh, with that I pass.
0: Thank you so much, Reba. Okay, now we will have Melissa C followed by Pete B.
10: Hi, good morning. Thank you, Katie, so much for your service. I'm Melissa C, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And I'm in New York, and, um, you know, I, I like, I read this, and I think, like, I first came to L.A., um, and it wasn't because I was bored or worried or I thought I lacked imagination, right? I didn't come in thinking that I needed um, a purpose. You know, I thought I came in knowing exactly what I needed, um, and I was going to get it here, right? Like, I needed to lose weight. I needed to stop eating, and I knew in my mind what I needed to do and I was finding out that I couldn't do it and that's why I came to OA right and I didn't think that it was that I wasn't living a satisfactory life and that that was my problem and what happened was when I put the food down and started working the steps then it then I I had this transformation and that's that's really what happens like I you come in thinking I come in thinking I know exactly what I need, what I need. And then you wind up staying more thinking about what you need to give. And that's how my purpose came about. You know, like, I think now, like, um, you know, I think back what I was like when I walked in, and I couldn't make eye contact. Like, I was so beaten down because – I knew what I needed to do, I thought, and I couldn't do it, and my, I, I felt shattered by that. I felt like a loser, and I walked in, and I could barely look up, and, you know, today when I go to a meeting, whether it's on Zoom or on the phone or, or you know, face-to-face, um, I don't show up with that energy anymore. You know, my head is up, and, and I'm smiling, and, and it's not because I'm looking for who's going to save me in this room, but... My purpose is more like, who else is walking in here the way that I walked in 10 years ago? Who's looking down at the floor? Who's not talking? You know, who's hiding? You know, on a Zoom meeting, I can sort of tell, no judgment, who's not feeling great because they don't show their face. They put up a a screen, you know, And, and that's where my purpose lies. You know, if we found a way out, what fires us up, what fires me up, is helping others find their way out. And, you no, know, the fellowship is not God, but the fellowship gave me, you know, direction. It, it pointed me towards the door, you know, this open this door, open this door, go down this path, go down this path. And I needed that. And, you know, and I still need that today. I'm finding out I'm a lot of energy, I'm a lot of work, and thank God I've got a fellowship to keep me focused. Um, thanks, but that I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Melissa C. Okay, so now we have Pete B. followed by Teresa P.
11: Thank you, Katie. My name is Pete B. I'm a compulsive overeater recovered today by God's grace and mercy. I'm in Pennsylvania. Start my timer. Uh, So yes, there is a substitute for food and the substitute is Alcoholics Anonymous, right? And that would be great news if liquor or food was my problem. But uh, the book tells me that food isn't the problem. Food is a symptom of the problem. You know, if you read on page sixty-four, which immediately precedes starting step four, it says our our liquor was but a symptom, so we had to get down to causes and condition. Right. So what what is our problem? And page forty-five says lack of power. That was our dilemma. We had to find a power by which we could live. And it had to be a power greater than ourselves, right? In the doctor's opinion, it says, one feels that something more than human power is needed, right? So just going back a minute, right, to those causes and conditions, right? The cause is, the cause is not my failure. My, my, the cause is the failure to enlarge my spiritual life. Not that it's not the buildup of human emotions, Right, the buildup of human emotions is just an indication that I failed to enlarge my spiritual life. Right? and if you read in, in, in the twelve and twelve on page fifty three, the AA twelve and twelve, it has an essay on step four and it says the primary fact that we fail to recognise is our total inability to form a true partnership with another human being. Either we insist upon dominating the people we know or we depend far too much. We depend on them far too much. We depend on them far too much, right? So we need, as an organization, we need to stop implying that the fellowship is the program and that the fellowship is what I need to depend on in order to recover, right? The fellowship is nothing more than a group of people, human power, right? It's not a we program. It's a we fellowship, right? Because just a few weeks ago, we just read on page 99 and 100, that we have to remind the prospect that his recovery is not dependent upon people. It is dependent upon his relationship with God. So, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm with you. The fellowship, absolutely, without a doubt, a reasonable substitute for liquor. And I can choose to participate and experience all the joy and camaraderie that comes with it. But I must understand And the message that we must carry is that we are dealing with something that's far too serious, far too devastating to be addressed by just a group of people who share in a common problem, right? What we have tears apart the soul and destroys everything in its path. It has no regard for our relationship. It doesn't care if I got on the 10-step train today or not. It doesn't allow me to stop and say, I went to a meeting yesterday, so I guess now I'm not going to eat today. It's not that we have some kind of practical program of action or some kind of better philosophy. Now, our message is that if you suffer from this condition, there is a way out. That way out is through abandoning everything that we thought we knew about solving it, about completely and utterly surrendering to the God of our understanding. And Time. through the spiritual process, we clear away the wreckage of the past and we uh, end the present, and we get recovered. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks for calling me, Katie.
0: Okay, thank you um Pete. and now we have Teresa
12: P, followed by Penny E Hi, I'm Teresa P. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I'm a grateful recovered compulsive overeater, and I'm glad I get to remember that you know I've been blessed with getting to this program, and you know i I love that we do paragraph by paragraph, and everybody shares on it. There's such a wealth of opportunity to hear God working in so many people over this, you know, simple little, few little words, and uh, that, that substitute. And it goes back to substitute for what? For my restless discontent and irritability. And, you know, I have been experiencing some of that. And uh, I have been, you know, there's, uh, of course, the stuff going on with the coronavirus, but I have been personally sick and um, debilitated and and having to face my um, issues of, you know, I can't do what I used to do and, you know, how long do I have? And, and, but what I get to do instead, and, and just see it, it, it's been very challenging because it's been ongoing for time. And, you know, I only have one resource. And, of course, you know, because that's, and that's God, because who is the constant in everything? And who is the power in everything? But how do I access that power? And it's always been my problem. I've always known the source has been. But accessing that source. And that's the step, and and but you know all of this gets for me gets confused. It's a disease because I like how it's presented as you know relentless and deadly, progressive, a destroyer of the soul, of you know the cord of fabric human existence. That's what I'm up against. You know, and just thinking of that that's so scary, but. I don't face it alone. I have, you know, God is there who is more powerful than this disease can be devastating. And I have seen it work over and over. And even though I've seen it work over and over, that doesn't mean the disease does not come back in different forms to come at me one more time. And what I get to do is it's the same thing one more time. If I go back to, you know, working the steps, you know, for me it was working programs, but most importantly working the steps because that's what reveals God to me, removes all that garbage that I put in front of God. My fear of this, of my debilitating condition, my fear of what's going to happen to people, my fear of... You know, I'm not going to have enough, when really what I have is enough. Time, please. And I want to thank you so much for this opportunity to share. And I pass.
0: Okay. So if you just joined us, um, we're reading the second paragraph on page 152. Yes, there is a substitute. And we have three more shares, and then we'll be opening it up for more. Penny E, you're up, followed
3: by Craig F. Thank you so much. Good morning, everybody. My name is Penny E. I am a recovered compulsive over in South Jersey.
13: I'm <clears throat>
3: grateful to be here today. Uh, the most satisfactory years of your existence lie ahead. So, I mean, I've been doing this a long time. Uh, I get no credit for it. God gets all the credit. You get all the credit, Bill, Bob. But for 31 years, I've been in a normal body size. I recoil as if from a hot flame. Um, you know, that's the small stuff, actually. But the most satisfactory years of my life cannot exist without that physical part of our recovery. Um, then it says that um, it's the fellowship in Alcoholics Anonymous is the is the solution to it. So, what's up fellowship? It says a group of learned subjects who work together in pursuing mutual knowledge or practice. We work together in pursuing mutual knowledge or practice. So my interpretation is we are people who are living and trying to live and trying to learn spiritually, you know. That's the main thing here. And, and we know that the giver of the gift is the receiver of the blessing. You know, it's so much bigger for us to give than to receive um, and serving a higher power. So I just wanted to say that, yes, the years that lie ahead are amazing. I want to say 16 years ago, 16 years ago, this fellowship changed my life. I was in a serious, serious motorcycle accident, three people from the fellowship, from the fellowship came down to get me, not my brother, not my sister-in-law, not my blood family, but you guys came down to get me, dropped everything, spent a ton of money for airplane tickets to Georgia from New Jersey. People moved into my house. This is the fellowship. They collected money because I was living uh, month to month with my husband. They collected money for me to live, I don't know how many months, uh, three months, four months. They bought me baby food because I could not weigh and measure my normal food. My mouth was very much um, uh, messed up. And they helped me weigh and measure my baby food. Uh, they, they mowed my lawn. Every, the fellowship, the fellowship, the fellowship. And now during this virus deal, the fellowship also. I live alone. I don't even have a cat here. But I do have God. I have the best partner of all. And uh, I have you guys. You guys call every day. I call you every day. People say, do you need something? Somebody uh, dropped off hand sanitizer from the fellowship. Not my family. Not my family. I didn't have any Clorox wipes. Somebody dropped them off to my house. I mean, this is living spiritually. Making Time, please. Else... Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much you. for letting me share. Love you all. God bless. Thank
0: you, Penny. Okay. Okay. Now we have Craig F followed by Elizabeth D.
13: <clears throat> Thank you this is Craig F recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Some wonderful shares this morning and uh, um really enjoyed it. Um the uh, back when, before I got uh, to program, I was sitting in a bar on a Sunday afternoon and uh, there's uh, my habit I was reading the paper and there was an article in a little Sunday edition about uh, f- drug and alcohol and food addiction and and uh, about the devastation that it had on society. And they were interviewing this psychologist and they um, uh, asked him, they said, with all the devastation that, that these things do in society, couldn't we do something like prohibition and just do it really well? And, and, and uh, he said No. He said if if he said what you have out there are a lot of people that are self medicating their anxiety, and if you take that away without putting something else in its place uh you're gonna cause more trouble than you have already and I sat there in my ignorance thinking he meant something like uh, uh an abuse or uh methadone uh, you know or you know even for food that You know, you had to medicate people so they wouldn't uh, they wouldn't do those things because I had no idea uh, that there was something else. But I read on and towards the end of the article, I said, the guy's kind of talking about some sort of religious solution. And of course, what I know now was he was talking about a spiritual way of life, that what we had to put in the place of that addiction was this spiritual way of life. Now, this reading that we read today says fellowship and people have done a a real good job explaining the difference explaining the difference between uh, fellowship and and how that's just opening the door the fellowship opens the door to a spiritual way of life Uh, but you know the fellowship opened the door when it opened this book for me and and when I I learned in uh, I learned in the doctor's opinion that that I had an allergy and an obsession and uh, when I learned and uh, uh, more about alcoholism, that uh, that I read about some people that started, made a beginning, they got sober, but they the tagline is they failed to enlarge their spiritual life, and they went back out. And I learned in there is a solution. Uh, what what that solution was? The first half of there is a solution talks about the spiritual way of life and second half gives us an example through through Roland Hazard and then and then you know I learned in uh, I learned in we agnostics that I had to uh, that I had to uh, uh, come to grips with this with a relationship with this higher power that it wasn't enough just to have an intellectual belief that that I needed to develop a relationship and then and then time uh, Okay, great. The rest of the book showed me how to develop that relationship and and, and how, to, how to live in that relationship. And uh, with that, I will pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Craig. And now we'll have Elizabeth D. And then we'll have time for a few more after that.
14: Good morning. Can I be heard, Katie? Yes. Thank you for your service. Um, my name is Elizabeth D. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater living in the Boston area. Um, I'm um, amazed and humbled and um, so grateful for all the shares that have come before. Um, Humbled because it's hard for me to imagine how I could possibly add uh, very much to what I've already heard. Um, But what keeps coming up for me, and by the way, I I have a really hard time reading this paragraph without continuing to refer back to the previous, um, where it says, I know I must get along without liquor, but how can I? And then it goes on to say, yes, there is a substitute, and it is vastly more than that. So it's, it's, it's saying, we have more than just a substitute we have a life that will finally mean something. That is what the founders are saying. We have shown this in what you have seen before. And for those of you that are, are new to this or are coming out of relapse and are wondering, you know, I just don't get it. I, because I know for me, um, and I think it's something about the human condition, I could not grasp in my bones What you were talking about when you said freedom, find release from care, boredom, and worry, I could not feel that until I was out of the food, entirely abstinent, and had had a spiritual awakening. And once I did, I saw for the first time what that meant for my life to really mean something. And so, go. you know, there's this image I have of a bridge where there are Uh, A bunch of people on one end and a bunch of people on the other. And I'm on, you know, when I was in the food or when I was in relapse or whatever, um, I was on one end of the bridge and there were other people on the other end of the bridge. And those are the people who were living in this. They were released from care, boredom, and worry. And they were calling me to come across the bridge. And I couldn't get there. Why? Because I wouldn't put down the food. And I couldn't see or feel what that was like. So what I'm saying, what I'm trying to say poorly is that this takes a leap of faith first and foremost. If I put down the food and become entirely abstinent and surrender to the, the, this process, I can have what you people have and experience this and I found really these are the most satisfactory years of my of my life working this program but this is a daily choice it has come true for me but it's a daily choice and I'm very grateful and with that I'll pass
0: thank you Elizabeth okay so we're on page 152 the second paragraph yes there is a substitute and although we value your experience we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience. And we have time for three or four more shares. Who would like Paul to share? A. Fran from Mara. Jersey. Maureen.
12: Maureen.
0: Paul A. Fran. 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 Lisa Jr. Jen A. J. R. Okay. Okay. Um, I heard Maura. Sorry, Jen, before I heard you. So um, we'll see if everyone takes two minutes and we'll be okay, but... Um, I have Paul A., Fran from New Jersey, Lisa J.R., Mara Z., and Jen A. We'll see how far we get with 11 minutes. Thank you. Go ahead, Paul.
15: Have you heard?
1: Yes. Go ahead, Paul. Okay, now we can't hear you.
15: Um, my little fortune cookie today uh, is perfect because
13: okay.
15: um, uh, I've been struggling a little bit with fellowship and ironically talking or sharing a little bit in meetings and, and with my sponsor that, you know, not getting calls back, not finding a connection, not finding um, folks interested in me or where my recovery is, um, even when I call people and talk to them, it's all about them. And then when they're done, they're just like, well, that's pretty much all I have, so I got to go. And, um, yeah, just not getting anything back. And then my disease starts talking to me. The character defects start trying to convince me, in the you know, in the esteem category that I don't matter again. I'm not important. Um, why should there be connection? You're in a face-to-face with 10 other girls, right? They don't understand you or you're in vision with, 300 girls and 100 guys. I don't know. But my disease starts trying to talk to me and tell me this fellowship ain't for me. I know better. Uh, the fellowship is what actually got me to stay for the second time. And, you know, here's what I'm hearing from the wonderful shares today, and it, it makes complete sense. Um, the fellowship for me was affirming when I started the program it got me to keep coming back. It was comforting and reassuring as I started working the program. It would be far more rewarding than giving Um, once I hit recovery, stay recovered, and stay in spiritual condition. Because if I'm not in that latter phase of my game, I might be seeking from the fellowship, but I'm not seeking from my God. And don't know if that's a, a perfect summation or not, but it is for me. Because um, I'm not in that spiritual condition day in, day out. I'm not taking advantage of that daily reprieve. And then I'm picking at, at fellowship for so what it doesn't give me. Instead of picking at me, I'm digging a little bit deeper, asking God to take those things away and fill them with something from fellowship, service, um, whatever. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much for those shares. Thanks for being here. Always, you're always my beacon of hope. Give time back to others. I'll pass. Oops.
0: Thank you, Paul. Okay, Fran, it's
1: your turn. Followed by Lisa Jr. Fran Star One.
16: Hi. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, thanks. This is Fran from New Jersey, and I'm grateful that the meeting's here. Um, I've been in program since 1978 and been on meetings um, in so many different ways. It used to be we'd go face-to-face, and then like 25, 30 years later, they came up with phone meetings, which was kind of amazing. And now during this pandemic, it's Zoom. And I just have to put in, uh, I think everybody who's sharing um, has struck what this paragraph talks about, which is, you know, um, it is the fellowship that got me in. Um, I think if I heard people just talk about the steps when I came in, um, I wouldn't know what they were talking about, and I might have left. But it was just, I think for me in 1978, before there was even the term eating disorder, I say this a lot, but it means so much to me, just the fact that there was one other person who did the insane Hating, irrational, horrible, violent things I did with food. Just the fact that there was one other person whose life felt as wretched and a waste as mine did at that time was so uplifting for me it was two things it was the fact that there was another person just one other person outside myself made me realize it wasn't me who was sick it was a disease it was something separate from me that i could separate from it because there was one other person who had it so it couldn't have just been unique to me so i will never put down the fellowship never ever ever um, but then, you know, you come into program and then people turn, the fellowship turns out to be a bunch of people. And we all know people are flawed. We're flawed. The great thing about the fourth step and the beauty of the big book is if it, if it tells us, you know, we pray for the people we resent because they're sick. Like who? Like us. And so we learn that there has to be something beyond just the people Um, and that is the 12 steps and reaching out to a power greater than ourselves. Um, But I never want to come across as putting down one in favor of the other because for some of us one leads to the other, and for others maybe not. I don't really know, but we need both, and um, I never want anybody to be discouraged, and I also never want to put down anybody's – complete joy at getting on a zoom meeting or getting on a phone meeting and just seeing a bunch of people who are just like us um, it helps us accept our flaws and it also in the best of circumstances helps us strive to be something we something greater than ourselves and we see that through the people but the steps do allow us to reach beyond people so thanks for everybody who mentioned this and um, I hope that we all keep communicating in who knows what new ways in the future. Thanks for letting me share.
0: Thank you, Fran. Okay, Lisa J.R., you're up, followed by Mora Z.
17: Good morning, Lisa J.R. here from Baltimore. Okay, Lisa from Baltimore, Maryland. Um, grateful to be here this morning. Great shares. Your imagination will be fired. You know, my imagination, I can use it for good. Um, I can be inspired to do good things. I can be inspired creativ- cre- creatively, um, you know, but I know that in the disease, I have a hopeless condition of mind and body. You know, um, I go- my imagination goes to the dark side when I am in the disease. Um, uh, you know, I go to thoughts of unworthiness, not being enough, not being lovable, self-hatred, judgment, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you name it, I've been there. Um, but I, but I love. On page 133, it says a body badly burned by alcohol does not recover overnight, nor do twisted thinking and depression vanish in a twinkling. We are convinced that a spiritual mode of living is a most powerful health restorative. So, when I get a substitute, I get to substitute my imagination. Uh, the the negative side of my imagination, the negative side of my thinking. You know, cupcakes were indeed just a symbol. I can substitute uh, that, replace the negative with a God-inspired thought, um, but I have to do the work. Um, none of this happens without doing the work and staying in the solution. Um, the fellowship is just uh, the cherry on top. Um, the 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 love and the the acceptance that I get here. Um that's a cherry on top. Well, the true uh the true meat of the program is um a relationship with God and with that I pass.
1: Thank you,
0: Lisa. And we have two two minutes left, Mora. Go ahead please. Maura Z star one.
4: Hi Katie. Hi Katie, thank you. Yes. Okay. Starting my two minute timer here as soon as I can figure out. Yes, there it goes. Okay. More Z recovering in Virginia. Life will mean something at last. The most satisfactory years of your existence lie ahead. And you know, as I've been going through the twelve steps again um with my sponsor, this is something that became apparent to me just last week or so, um, the, the, um, the realization that my life had been spent consumed with anger and resentment and rage and fear and all of those things that robbed me of my life. You know, it says in the big book somewhere, I'm not going to get this right, but Um, um, I think it was that fear should be um, categorized um, under stealing or something to this effect. I'm butchering the hell out of this reference. Please forgive me. But it's right because fear was one of the things that stole my life. Stole my life from me. And guess who was driving that fear? I was driving that fear. Today, I still have fear come up. This is not exactly a happy time, folks. But guess what? It's one day at a time that because of god and the 12 steps and yes the fellowship the fellowship is an and it is not my whole program it's an and it's an adjunct it keeps me sane because i can reach out to anybody else on this line and know that they're going through the same thing but better than that is i can reach out to anybody on this line and i can choose to be of service and get out of me and that's what i'm supposed to be doing That's the primary purpose, to carry this message. And I'm grateful for the opportunity to do that on a daily basis. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Katie.
0: Thank you, Marl. And thank you to everyone who shared. We will now close. um, Well, first of all, please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today, April 22nd, 7 a.m. meeting is 14,000. 482, that's 14482. And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Leon B. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only.
13: Good morning. Um, our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us.